RPG lessons learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. We are at RPG LL Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, RPGLLPodcast at gmail.com, and check us out online at RPGLessonsLearned.com. Welcome to RPG Lessons Learned, the show where you can learn from our mistakes. And with me today to follow up on our previous Blood and Honor character creation episode is Mike. Hello, Dusty. And uh, today we are actually going to play the game that we started last week. Um, ooh, one thing I forgot to mention about Blood and Honor is that uh, we should say it is available at johnwickpresents.com. Uh, it's a game that came out in 2010, and it's uh, a hack. It's presented in the title pages as a hack or an or a alteration of the Houses of the Blooded, which seems like it's probably quite a uh, – uh, what's that show, the fantasy show everyone gets killed all the time? Oh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Sort, of a, sort of a Game of Thrones type game with these houses. In fact, I would love to investigate Houses of the Blooded to play a dune game one day i'm sure i would need to modify the system but i am curious to to investigate further but yeah check it out at johnwickpresents.com all right mike let's actually play the session so your character's name is ha tetsunoshio ha being his first name so ha being a very familiar name um in fact probably everyone in your clan would go ahead and call you ha because Everyone has the last name Tetsunoshio in the clan. So I say ha is informal, but for the we're going to bow to practicality and simply call you ha. That works for me. Okay. And ha is the Hatamoto. He's the general of the clan, or maybe one of the generals of the clan, depending on uh, how big we say your clan is. When, when people address me, I follow up with, what's so funny? Because they say, ha Hatamoto. <laughs> Oh, I apologize. I apologize. Haha, <laughs> Tomoto is actually pretty good. Okay. Your daimyo calls you in front of him, calls you to appear before him. Your daimyo's name is Tokudaiji. Is that written down? Or did you just come up with that? Uh, I wrote it down in my notes that you can't see. Uh, is there somewhere I can write it down so I won't forget? <laughs> <laughs> I created a specific notes sheet, and I will make a note. Your time. Ah, there we go. Tokudaiji. Cool. Thank you. No worries. That's what the notes page is for. This is the benefit of collaborating in this game via a spreadsheet. There's so much referencing. Imagine yeah. doing this on paper to table. Ugh, forget it. Yeah. Um, all right. Your daimyo, Tokudaiji, has summoned you. I respond to your summon, Tokudaiji. How can I be of assistance? Ah, ha. See? Ha-ha. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Walk with me. And he takes you out into his garden. Now, um, he has no, like, blossoming plants in his garden. His garden is all evergreen plants. And because your clan is so practical, lots and lots of rocks and all the iron ore and all the iron works that you do, um, everything that has iron in it, everything that's the slightest, you know, even rust colored is fired and smelted for the iron. But that leaves over a lot of scorched black rocks and quartz and stones like that. And his he has this Zen garden that is made up of all these scorched 
blackened rocks. And that's what he, where he takes you. So scorched blackened rocks, different patterns carved in it, and you're walking with him along that trail. Ha! How long have you been my Hatamoto? Um, a good five years now, at least. Five years. Five years of bandit excursions. Five years of people testing our borders. Five years without an actual war, without truly calling the might of the... Ooh, I need to reference the clan name. Oh, we didn't actually write the uh, the clan name. is still Tide of Iron. Let me look at your character sheet. Of the Tetsunoshio. Of the Tetsunoshio clan. And as, as my years wane, ha, I want to be known as a conquering daimyo. We've, we've built our forces... And we've built our dojos, we've mined our iron, we've built our weapons, we've prepared for war, but we've never taken the risk of going to war. I want you to go to court. I want you to accompany our courtiers, and I want you to decide which of our neighbors we're invading. Tell me who's the softest. Tell me who will yield the richest spoils. Guide my hand, guide the tip of my sword, and let us finally conquer. What do you have in mind for the size of the armies you wish to expand on this effort? I wish to use as much of our forces as we can. I will leave behind a minimum garrison. You're the Hatamoto. You, I don't want to be bothered with these details. You advise me. It will be done. Excellent. And he claps you on the shoulder. And he is uh, he moves back into the into the the castle to call upon his next errand person. All right, you're free to go to court. Uh, it's currently the fall. You know that court begins soon, and uh, you need to pack for court. What are you going to take with you? Let's go ahead and populate some of your equipment. So, tell me a little bit about what the court actually is. So, fill me in. Winters are harsh. Yep. So as, as as summer wanes and everyone finishes their harvest, everyone kind of battens down the hatches and they sort of turtle up for the winter. Everyone stays in. But the different clans come together um, and then send courtiers and send people together in, in various parts of the empire for courts, for winter courts where they can do all their politicking and their negotiating. So everything that would involve lots of scribes and negotiations and thought and planning, that would all happen at winter court. That would all happen in the winter when you can't physically do anything because of all the, the snow and ice and bad weather. Okay, so it's basically like a, a summit of nations, where the nations are clients. It is. Okay, okay. Um. Well, let's see. If I'm going to a summit... Would I would it be inappropriate to take a katana and a weapon? So so is this like a, a no weapons are allowed? Is it is it uh, are they allowed? But is it considered you know unreasonable or non traditional to bring weapons to court? So I'll remind you that you're a non traditional clan. Yep. Having said that, think of we're we're gonna say Mike for our world. You know, for our universe that we're creating together, it's very much like the Wild West. 
So there's an element of your guns go with you everywhere. Okay. And there's also an element of in some places, guns are forbidden. So you're always wearing your sword, um, and no one should ever take your daisho from you. Your katana okay. and your and your wakazashi are on you at all times. No one can ever take that. But whether or not you're wearing your armor versus your kimono, whether or not you have your daikatana or your tetsubo or your your bastano or your other weapons, whether or not you have your heavy weapons on you or your bow, um, that's a matter for where are you and what are you doing. Okay. Yeah, how about hmm. we'll say this. We'll say this. Think of it as like a Wild West town where you can always have your six shooter. Yep. But walking into the saloon with a shotgun is probably a step too far. Gotcha. So I think in that case, I'll definitely bring my katana, my kimono, my fan. Um, armor. How well does that travel if I'm not wearing it? Right. So if I can bring it in like storage, is that an option? Well, part of the whole, and this is the, this is where we're getting into how accurate do we want to be and how much do I, I think I know a lot about this, but I'm not sure if I actually know a lot about it. My understanding of the economy of Japan and the reason that the armor was the way it was and the swords were the way they were is because rich, pure iron deposits were hard to come by. All the iron was very impure, hence all the folding, mm-hmm. and there was so, not a lot of iron. Hence, when iron was found, it was prized for the blades and not as much for the armor. Hence, all your 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 woven bamboo armor. So, I'm going to say your armor travels fine. Not only do you have um, an Ashigaru traveling with you, like 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 a troop, um, you also have you know a couple of courtiers, and certainly you have servants that are actually taking care of your armor on the trip. Okay. You're you're much less independent than you're used to being in D and D. Like in D and D, you travel and do everything yourself. Yeah. You are a general. You have servants. Okay. Then let's bring it all. All right. You bring it all. Yep. Um, is there anything in particular you bring besides your kit? You bring all your armor, all your weapons. Got it. Do you bring any anything else? Nothing that I can think of. Okay. And shall I lead the witness a bit? Yes. You're highly known for your blades. You wouldn't bring any blades as gifts, as favors you might bestow upon people who please you at court? I did not think about that being an option. That's a great idea. So think so. about – put yourself – like close your eyes for a second mm-hmm. and put your, you're getting ready to travel to someone else's castle who happens to be hosting a court. It'll, it'll be a local court. We're not going to send you to imperial court. You're not going that far. It's a local court where the local guys get together and talk, and the local guys figure out local matters. And uh, you've probably been to court before. You've probably been to court specifically to talk with the other Hatsumoto about getting rid of bandits and solving bandit problems and chasing down roving bands of bandits. That type of thing is what you've been to court for. So very practical. People will expect that kind of business from you. Ask yourself what you would bring to curry favor, to grease palms, to to get the meetings that you need to meet. Think about at work. You've been assigned this random project. Like, What do you need to do? Who are you buying donuts for? What's the equivalent of buying donuts to get things done? So, so how many clans are at this court? Three other clans will be at this local gathering. Okay. So I want to bring like 
three parcels of sake to gift and share or some sort of alcohol, right? Because that's kind of our thing too. So uh, a good amount of, of alcohol. And then I do think like a a nice ceremonial dagger to, to give as a gift. Okay. So I want you to go ahead and fill out on your character sheet. I want you to expand the other equipment section. Other equipment? Okay. And I want you to note these items. I love the idea of the alcohol. With your clan being kind of an alcoholic clan, maybe your alcohol is prized because it's – is it especially fine? Is it especially strong? It's especially potent. So but it, smooth. So you're bringing the equivalent of Everclear or really good scotch. I'm going to say our alcohol is the Japanese equivalent of a really good moonshine. Okay. <laughs> so Everclear. You're bringing – you're basically bringing Everclear. Basically. The, the the younger people at court, the college students, so to speak, are going to be like, awesome. They love it. And the older people are going to be like, okay. <laughs> I, I won't say no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll let you note those things. And I notice there's a thing on here for Koku. Do I need to, like, rations or consider food for myself and my servants for this trip? Is that something I need to account for or is that just kind of a given that's a given we're, we're okay. not so worried about money we're only worried about koku is is if you try to like bribe somebody and i'm gonna say without gambling houses and you know with your trade being pretty limited and you kind of having a, a mono economy based around mining you probably don't have a hell of a lot of koku to throw around so that's fair we're yep. gonna say we're gonna say monetary bribes are sort of out of your wheelhouse yeah yeah, yeah. okay so when you're ready, shall we travel to court? Let's do this. Okay. You are at court. At court are three other clans, the Morayasu, the Ujisuke, and the Tanahisa. Oh, good. You've already written those down for me. Awesome. I have. These are, these are the three clans that are closest to you. They border your uh, – the, the, you, you share borders. You have probably worked with the Hatamoto of those three clans before, like I said, ferreting out bandits. Now, you don't go to court every year, so the other Hatamoto may not be here. And this year has not been an, an especially bad bandit year. Um, you probably have friends amongst some of these clans. You probably have enemies amongst some of these clans. So, Mike, I want you to tell me one thing that's true about each of those three clans. So mm. let's start with the Moriyasu. The Moriyasu share your northern border. So something that's true about their clan. Um, and then especially it would be really how you feel about this clan in your previous dealings. You and I are breathing life into the setting together. And remember that yeah. your character, you've dealt with all three of these clans before. I'm going to say that they are honorable and swift to anger when insulted. So their their commitment to honor makes them short-tempered. Okay. And are you – got it. Yep, I've written that down. All right. 
the Ujisuke. Tell me about them. So they are along your your eastern and southern borders. And the Ujisuke have have the most land. Like it's a huge province. Now having it's huge, but it's huge because it's it's you know flat and there's not a lot of natural borders and they occupy all of that space. So then I'm going to say that they are wealthy because they have lots of land to farm rice and the peasants to work those fields. Okay. The Tanahisa. The Tanahisa are along your western border. The Tanahisa are the ones who are closest to your mines because along the western border are the mountains, and the mountains are where you have your iron mines. Mm. And I'll say this. When, when the wind blows just right, the Tanahisa are the ones who are least happy with all of the smoke from your smelting. Yeah. So now do, do they have any access to – any of the same iron deposits from that same mountain, or is that strictly within our lands? That's strictly within your lands. Okay, so they are not like shared miners. They don't have a, a shared love for mining and like we do. No, you're you you are across the mountains. On the other okay. side of the mountains, they're way down in this river delta. Okay. Okay. Um and remember that you've dealt with these people before. You've worked with all three of these clans to, to chase bandits together. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, of something something good. Um, I'm going to say that they don't value intelligence, but do value hard work. And I do not know if I've completely failed at this task. <laughs> no, no, this, this is perfectly good. Um, okay. I know, I know more about those clans, and, and we'll talk. So remember, your objective is to figure out which one of these clans to attack. So yep. this, none of these facts give you enough to decide that. You've now got to ferret out who is going to be the biggest challenge militarily, and then who's going to be the richest bounty, and and how will that. How will their bounty fit with what your clan can do, and how can your clan activate that bounty? And those things may not correspond. So now, Mike, I want you to tell me, how would you start to approach this problem? What's your overall strategy, and then we'll go from there. Um, I think my overall strategy is first just going to be assess how each nation is doing economically, um, how happy their people are, right? So if we if we unseat their daimyo, could we potentially be viewed as as liberators, right? So what kind of uprising would we expect from the peasants after we liberate the land? And then um I would guess how easy it is to continue to protect that land if we are successful in overthrowing it. Awesome. So you have your strategy. You have your overall way of thinking. Now, tactically, how are you going to do it? So the hosts of this winter court are the Morayasu. You have traveled north. 
you know, the mountains to the west, it, it's hard to get through, so you're happy to be north. You haven't gone south and east. You have gone north to the Moriasu. Now, they are very honorable. They are swift to anger as well, so they are um, pretty martial. They are known for fighting lots of duels because they're quick to anger. So lots of them carry dueling scars because there are lots of duels to first blood. And there are lots of dueling swords. Like Katana, they're just a bit longer, a bit lighter. And uh, they, they really focus on dueling above, above martial combat, so to speak. So that's what you see when you see the Moriyasu samurai walking around. You see guys in kimonos. The kimonos are very practical. The sleeves can be tied up very quickly. Lots of forearms are covered in scars. There are some facial scars. And there are these really lightweight, quick, you know, fast flashing katanas. That's that's who's serving you. You know, your meals, that, that's most of the servants in the castle because they're hosting. It's most of the samurai who are guarding the proceedings and you know, that you're walking past the peasants. That's the flavor of where you are, the Moriyasu. So you're going to be assigned a major domo to look after you while you're here. So you arrive in Moriyasu. You've done all this thinking on the road. And a gentleman walks up to you wearing a, a formal kimono, completely decorated with Moriyasu um, iconography. And he, he bows very deeply to you, and it's a very subservient bow. And he's waiting for you to return the bow. I return his bow. Ah, I see the the, the Tide of Iron delegation has arrived. I'm, I'm going to give up saying Tetsu Noishi. Um, the Tide of Iron delegation has arrived. Hatamoto, it's unexpected to see you. I, I didn't realize this was a year for bandits. Thank you for accepting us at your court. It's an honor to be here. I also am surprised to be here as this was a, a last-minute assignment from my daimyo. Oh, is there some activity I should know about? No, we just figured it would be an appropriate place for me since I have not come to this court before to, uh, to have this experience as a seasoned general of his army. Wait, you said you haven't been to the court before? I didn't think I had. No, you have been many times. That's what I'm saying. On years where there's lots of band oh. activity, you go to court to, to consult with the other Hatsumoto. Then why is he surprised to see me? Because he didn't think this was a year where there's lots of bandit activity. And I shared with you oh. earlier, this was not a bandit year. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. He's sorry. confused. He's confused because why is the general here? He's, he expects you in years where there's a there's a big bandit problem and a big bandit gang that you guys are fighting, but it's been a, it's been a quiet year. You put down an uprising probably a year or two ago, and you put it down so effectively and so violently that there have been no bandits returning to the region for a while. Gotcha. I missed that. Um, and for for those listening at home, Mike saying I'm confused. Here's why I'm confused is is beautiful. Thank you for doing that, Mike. And that shows me that I I didn't emphasize those things enough. I didn't emphasize the yes, you've been here before, but it's weird that you're here now thing. I'm going to say no one else is available because we're really busy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. Well, it's it's been a, it's been two years. So in case you've forgotten, my name is Nomura, and as always, please make me aware of your needs. I'm happy to serve you. Thank you. He shows you to your quarters, and he asks you, 
you know, he, he thanks you for your arrival. He lets you know that, of course, the Moriyasu delegates are here since they're hosting. But he lets you know that the um, Ujusuke delegation has also arrived. They arrived yesterday, uh, which is kind of surprising because they, they had further to come. They came from the south um, all the way up through your territory to the north. Uh, but the Tanahisa delegation from the west, you know, the guys across the mountains down in the river delta, they have not arrived yet. And they were expected um, uh, the day before yesterday. They were expected a while ago. Hmm. Have has the Tanahisa delegation sent any word about their delay? Has anyone heard from them? Uh, no word has been sent of the delay, but they did send a runner to let us know their arrival was imminent. So we expected their arrival with, within a day. That's why we say that they're late. The runner arrived to announce the delegation the next day, and that you know that we that was two days ago that we were expecting them. So the runner came, and then no delegation. Is there a potential concern for their safety? Yes, we don't know what happened to them. We were about to send out a, a group of samurai to investigate. Perhaps you or some of your men would care to join them? When is the court scheduled to begin? You have all winter for that, my man. You have all winter. So court is – is there's some negotiating. There's a lot that happens, but you also have all winter to do all that. Would the Moriyasu – you have I six solid you, you, weeks. You, you just said they were also planning on sending someone to, correct? Yes. Okay, then yes, I, I and my servant would like to join the Mariyasu in, uh, in checking on the safety of the Tanahisa. Okay. The Moriyasu, um, so that Hatamoto, that general, is there. Of course he's there because he's hosting. Yep. His name is Tokikata. So I'm going to write that down. You've dealt with him before. He is a rather severe-looking fellow. He has uh, – he's older than you. Um, he's probably, if we're talking about the, the blood and honor phases of life, he's just started winter. He has a couple of serious disadvantages when it comes to personal combat. He moves a lot more slowly than he used to. Um, he's, stiff, he's stiffened up a lot. He's constantly – you know, getting massages or soaking in warm water. He's definitely, definitely showing his age. And you see that more than anything else in his incredibly slow speed. But he's got really sharp eyes. He's really smart. Um, he has, as you've, as you've chased these bandits down, he's been the guy coming up with a lot of the plans to flush the bandits out. Okay. So... As you approach this this group of samurai going out to search for the Tanahisa, you see Tokikata there. Tokihata, I greet you. I hope you are well. Ah, it's good to see you, huh? And he, he clasps your arm. Now, do you like this guy? Sure. Okay. So you've probably played the hammer to his anvil many times, fighting bandits. He's come up with the plan. And then your samurai have been the most well-equipped, and you have the most innovative techniques. You are super good at like going in and flushing things out. And, okay. and then he is comfortable with that because he can make all of the martial formations like he wants and all of the you know cavalry and stacks of infantry. And once you force the bandits out into the open, he can use his very traditional techniques against them while you're sort of 
you know, swamp foxing it, being very innovative, fighting him. So we'll just say you've played hammered his anvil many times. Okay. So he's only bringing probably three or four samurai with him. And then each one of those samurai are commanding five Ashigaru. So you have 20 Ashigaru and four samurai. And then you've got your Ashigaru with you. Okay. All right. So you go to travel. And he starts traveling in a westerly direction. Um, there's a pass through the mountains north of your territory. So you're exiting the Moriasu land and you're getting into the Tanahisa land actually pretty quickly. Because because of that mountain range, you don't share any of the same roads with the Tanahisa. Okay. I want you to go ahead and make me a wisdom wager. So now getting into this, how do I do that? <laughs> so to make a wisdom wager, you look at your wisdom. Yep, that is uh, two. So that's two d six, right? That's two d six. And do you have any aspects that you might use to to boost that wager? Let's see. I'm going to say no. You don't. Review, reviewing those. You're making a wisdom wager as you travel. Okay, so I'm going to roll that, yep. and I rolled a six. Okay, so you you failed. Uh, there's nothing you can tell me about what happens. What I'll tell you is that you find, as you travel, a place in the road about a day – so remember, they're two days late – about a day away from the Moriasu Castle, where you're all staying, where the road is torn up. There are a couple of broken katana lying around. There are broken weapons. There's dead horses. There's dead servants. Mm. And certainly a, a battle of some kind was fought here. Can we tell from either the katana or the heraldry on the horses or the servants if it was Tanahisa casualties? So you've always been one, you know, basing this on the, on the rice story from earlier, to get your hands dirty where, where others wouldn't. So you hop down from your horse, and the uh, – sorry, one second here. Let me refer to my notes. The Moriyasu samurai are sort of – they're looking from their horses, and they're riding around and looking real hard and leaning over. But they're not actually hopping off their horses and, and touching any of the dead or investigating any of the dead. That is a task they reserve for the lowest caste in society, whom we will not name here based on a passage in the John Wick book, which I will discuss when we're done playing. Um, we're not going to name them because it's an extremely offensive term in Japan today, right now. But the slowest class society, they're the ones that have to deal with dead bodies, and you didn't bring any of them with you. You have Ashigaru and Samurai and no servants. But you hop down, and you take, I want to say your katana, with, with its scabbard, and you're no stranger to poking around amongst dead bodies. You wouldn't touch them with your hand, but you touch them with your scabbard. Now, I'm saying this, Mike, to give you ideas because it's a short session, but you don't have to agree to this. I do want you to have some player agency, and I'm sitting here telling you what your character's doing. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. So are you, you realize that you're going to scandalize these Moriyasu samurai. When you get off your horse, you're looking. The first time you go to poke a body, you realize you're going to scandalize these Moriyasu. Is there anything? What do, you, what do you do? What do you say? Anything? I say... 
this may not be familiar to your clan's customs and traditions, but the Tide of Iron honors justice above all else. And to ensure that justice is done here, we must know who these victims are. And if they are the Tanahasu, then that will jeopardize this court. Okay. All right. With that, I would like you to make me a prowess wager. I've got good prowess. Or, sorry, a prowess risk. Wagers are things that you do with your extra dice. I want you to make me a prowess risk. So that's still the 4d6, right? It is. And remember, you have lots of... So you can't use your sword, because it doesn't make any sense, because you're not fighting with your sword right now. Yeah. Um, it's not an opposed role, right? But you have other things that give you prowess. You have... Uh, I think your dojo gives you some prowess, stuff like that. So so look around and, and make sure you're adding all your prowess die. So where do I look for all of that? Well, here, let's look together real quick. Uh, quickly, let's look at your... If my dog knew my plan, Summer takes a drink. Okay, you nope, not to your aspects. Um Born to the Blade, your character always gains a free wager on prowess risks. Ah, okay. So, so there's that one. would make it five. That would make it five. Let's take a look at your clan real quick. Tide of Iron. Um, the name of your clan is appropriate. Um, I'm going to say that's not appropriate right now because the, the metallurgy is not at play, so I'm not going to give you two bonus die on that. That's fine. It's, your clan's virtue is prowess. So because that's your clan's primary virtue, that's going to give you a, a either a free wager or a plus one die on your risk. Do I get to choose on that? You do. So I'm already at D5, so I'm going to say, or, or six, five, five D6, so I'm going to say I'm going to use that as a wager. Okay. And then for my ad holdings, I chose Dojo, so that's plus one bonus prowess wager per season, one free self-improvement season action. Yep. So does so that mean only one, one per, like, this campaign? Or? Well, we're playing a one-shot, so yeah, you can use that once in this game. But if I want to choose to save it for later, I can, can, right? Yeah, and because it's a dojo one... If you use that one, I'm going to say that the thing you say has to be based on some secret throw or secret technique or this thing that you've realized in the dojo about okay. fighting or something like that. Gotcha. Okay, so I won't apply that. That looks like – yeah, that looks like everything I can see too. Okay, so I'm going to do 5d6 first, and then do I roll the additional d6 after for the wager? No, the wager is just you get to say something else that's true. If I succeed, okay. If you succeed. So are you going to roll all 5d6, or are you going to wager some of them? So I have 66, and I'm going to wager one. Okay. So you're rolling five, and you're trying to get a 10. I got a 13. You got a 13. You succeed. Okay. Now you get to say two things that are true about the scene. Now I've already told you there's no samurai and there's no ashigaru. There are only servants – and horses. Having said that, what two things would you add to the scene? You have privilege. Just add a plot twist, man. Throw, throw whatever you want into this. What would be interesting to you? I'm thinking. 
So I'm going to say that the victims are Tanahisa, and I'm going to say. Wait, 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 wait. Before you say, okay, so cool. I'm great with that. Tell me okay. how you know. Um, emblem on their sword scabbards. Okay, so not immediately, obviously, on their, on their kimonos or on their clothes, because you know they're peasants. Yep. But you, you get down pretty close, and on, on, on some of the broken scabbards, you see some maker's marks that you realize are certainly Tanahisa maker's marks. Yep. And you, as a sword expert, would certainly know that. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Okay, what's your, what's your other thing that's true? I'm going to say one of the Moriyasu servants challenges me on... Messing with the dead bodies. Ooh. And I may I may regret this, but I'm gonna do that. Okay. So one second here. So that Moriasu's gonna call you this really dirty word. He's 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 gonna turn to a buddy of his and he believes under his breath. He's gonna say, I didn't know we had a slur, and he's not saying slur, he's saying the name um, with us. And he thinks it's under his breath, but you hear it. So I snap around quickly and I I meet him eye to eye and I say, you who judge me, you look down on my actions, but I am the one taking the steps necessary to return justice to this court. I am the one who is willing to look past your notions of tradition and honor to ensure the safety of our clans and of our nations. Who are you to pass judgment on me? He he puffs up, and he's really offended. He's embarrassed. His face flames red. But you see in him what you see in every young samurai that has had no experience in the battlefield. He's full of his prowess in the dojo with no idea of what it means to actually you know, fight an equal opponent who's looking to kill you. Yep. And he starts this – he starts talking to you in a way that you know is going to end in one of two ways. Yep. Either you attack him and slay him just in a skirmish, or you call him out to a duel. But he starts, and the way he does that is he starts sneering at you saying, you know, we could have gone back and and gotten servants. We could have gone back and gotten E-words, for that word I'm not going to use. We could have gone back and made this and, and achieved justice and maintained our civility. But you dogs from the Tide of Iron... Have, have no idea what civility looks like. We smell your ironworks. We smell your slag. We smell it on your women and on your breath and on your drinks. You're, you're a clan of tradesmen, a clan of blacksmiths hammering away at a trade. You will regret these words today, and then your clan will regret them again when the tide of iron takes you. I challenge you to a duel. Let me look up the dueling rules real quick. All right, a duel. You've done step one challenge, and you have issued the challenge. So first player and second player, um, focus. Step two is focus. Basically, and this this assumes that two players are dueling. And I guess those two players will be you and I. Okay, so go ahead and take a look at him. 
and he hops down. Like I said, he's young. He's not as well equipped as you. He's wielding a normal blade. He is, you know, he's got his armor on, just as you do, because you, you know, you're you're out looking for, you're investigating what happened. You've left the safety of the castle. You're both wearing your armor. His is normal armor. Yours is good armor. He's not as well equipped as you, and he is young. He is young, young, young. This is, you know, he's probably seventeen, riding with these guys. You see dueling scars. Um, across the backs of his hands. Uh, you don't see any facial dueling scars, and you don't see any evidence of any actual wounds. So that's what I'll tell you about him. Go ahead and set aside any prowess wagers that you want to make. So I have to count up all my prowess dies again, right? Yep. Well, and you've already done that, so we already know that... Yeah, so I know I've got six. Is, does the six include the, uh, the, the dojo once-per-season action? No, that would make it seven. Okay. So you have six um, die, and you could set aside as many wagers as you want. So how many wagers are you going to set aside for this guy? I think I'll set aside one, because the target's ten again, right? Uh, yes, the target's ten. Yeah, I'll set, aside, I'll set aside one, so I'll roll five. All right, he's not going to set aside any. Okay. Now, the wager in a duel, is that just I get to make one true statement as well, or? It is. Okay. I'll stick with what I said. I'll, I'll roll five, set aside one. Okay. So we're both oh, going to... Wait, let me ask again. If you roll higher than I do, do you win? Or how does how does the actual mechanics work? Yeah. If I roll higher, I win. Period. Oh. 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 Okay. I'm going to go back on that, and I say I'm going to roll six. Oh, you're going to roll all six? Yeah. Okay. He's not making any wagers, but I'll go ahead and tell you, he's only rolling three die. Oh. <laughs> he rolled a ten. Let me roll. Okay. I rolled a 20. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you get privilege, but you can only say one thing true about the outcome of the duel, not two things. So how do you beat this kid? And and by the way, you're yep. probably it's it's I'm sure it's it's understood, but you're not dueling to the death probably because you'd both need permission for that. Yeah. Your life is not your own to throw away. I get I get a f- fairly clean cut on his uh on his forearm, right? So so no major arteries risks risked. Not a not a deep cut, but deep enough to know that continuing with the duel is is not to his benefit. And when I score that cut, I say know that this first cut is the cut of many. And I will not yield. Okay. He he does bow to you to to admit that he lost the duel. So he came at you. He bull rushed you. And you with your with your dojo training and all this uh, your, your martial abilities and your years of experience and your very high prowess, you sidestep him and as you say, you, you cut him in a way that doesn't do him any permanent damage. Can I say that you, Michael Jordan him? Like you barely look at him. Yeah. You're mostly looking at the other samurai. Okay, all right. Message well received. Um, he's gonna he's gonna leave you alone. He's gonna not look too happy, but he's gonna hold his tongue. And I'm gonna do you one better. And I'm gonna say that his Hatamoto Tokikata, the guy who was uh, getting pretty old and getting up there, and it's hard to get around. He is gonna be freaking glaring at this kid. <laughs> <laughs> 
like not saying anything, but glaring at them in a way that makes it very clear they're going to talk later when you're not around. You know, cool. when it, when it's just the Moriyasu clan, they're going to be discussing this. All right, so you've told us that that these are Tanahisa who have been killed. Tanahisa servants, Tanahisa horses. Um, Tokikata is going to ride up and he's going to say, "Ha, what do you make of this? You know, fighting, death." But only servants, only horses. No Ashigaru, no samurai. What do you think happened here? We're both experienced bandit fighters, but I've never seen anything like this. Hmm. Don't ever think it, man. Just just say whatever. Yeah. I, I I don't know if there's anything we can make of this scene. Did the did the runner mention any uh any feuds or squabble within their own envoy that they sent to court he didn't mention anything strange it was it was that young courtier's first first court he was especially worried about that young courtier because he is the tanahisa daimyo's son that seems odd and i actually say that out loud that seems odd is it normal for the daimyo to send his own son to court well, certainly, his son must learn to rule. His son must learn to deal with the other the other clans. But why would they make him a runner? Why would they not dedicate themselves to protecting him? Oh no, I'm sorry. Let me be clear. The runner isn't the daimyo's son. Oh, the courtier. Okay. The, the the runner is worried because the courtier in charge of the Tanahisa delegation was the daimyo's son. Was the Tanahisa daimyo's son? Gotcha. His okay. name was Saito. Saito. I'm writing that down. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Well, this is disturbing indeed. So we have Tanahisu servants murdered, and now we have the Damio's son missing on his way to court. It is my gut instinct that we need to escalate this situation. I think we continue upon our path. Did did the rest of the Moriyatsu know that the Tanahisa was sending his son as so let me say it this way. Who all knows that the Tanahisa Damio's son was the, the, the courtier for this court? Until the runner came, none of us knew. We didn't even know that you were the Tide of Iron representative until you arrived. Each clan chooses to send representatives on, on their own time, and they usually don't send word ahead until the runners arrive to let us know right before your arrival so we can prepare you know, chambers and meals. Had the Moriyasu attempted to notify the Tanahisa Damio that his son is now missing, no. is there like a raven sent or whatever way we communicate? <laughs> <laughs> No, not until the results of this investigation, but we can send one of these good swift riders, and I think I know a rider who will be perfect for that task. And he looks at the guy <laughs> who challenged you to a duel. I think that is an excellent idea. Um, I, I think it's imperative that the Tanahisa know of this issue as soon as possible. Yoshi, make wind. And and that that he immediately... You know, spurs his horse, whips his horse, and he is flying down the road. And it'll probably take him, you know, a day or two to reach the Tanahisa. Okay. So, what else do you look for at the scene? Anything else? 
Um, and here are your choices. You you can try to investigate further. Yep. Um, and investigating, remember that if you succeed in your roles, you're going to tell me stuff. So it, this, don't turn your brain, your gamer brain off, Mike. There yep. aren't there are not clues here that I've laid that you're okay. going to discover. Yep. It's just we want to finish. Let's try to finish this game up in the next ten minutes. Let's say because we've we've been wandering and it's been good. Ooh. Okay. It's it's been good, but you're in control. I'm in control. Let's take control of the narrative and say, how do you want to finish this game? We can go back to court. You can talk to some people, and you you could decide, for example, that Tanahisa are already being attacked on one front, evidently, and that's you're going to go after, and that's your reason. And hey, game over. Perfectly fine. You can go back to court, and you can try to learn some more, and you can do wagers, and you can say things that are true, and you can uncover whatever plot you want to say is happening at the Moriyasu court to to uh, sabotage the Tanahisa. You could find a Tanahisa spy or ninja. Like this is totally up to 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 you and the game that you want to run and that I want to run, as far as the wagers you make and the things that you say are true. So you can come up with a resolution and we can work toward it. What story do you want to tell? So since we're just putting it out there like that, what I want to do is see if I can find a survivor of this attack to inform me that this was an attempted assassination by the Moriyasu. And then we can combine with the Tadahisa to invade the Moriyasu together. Okay. Let's work toward that. Okay. So looking at your, at your Geary, let's see here. You may take an action to survey the circumstances of a scene. Make a cunning plus Geary risk. That's your ability as as uh, as a Hatamoto. Okay. So you haven't done that yet. So you can go ahead and make a cunning plus Geary. So that, that means you'd have three die. Okay. Survey a scene. And then when, with the thing that's true, you could tell me about the survivor that you see. So I'm rolling 3d6 and yep. I rolled a nine. Ooh. So... <laughs> There is no longer there was there was no survivor. You thought to yourself, I wonder if someone survived this attack. You went looking for those signs of footprints running off in a strange direction. You found nothing. It's not that you failed to find anything. It's that evidently no servants survived. Yep. So that's it for that role. Okay. Now, so that that scuttles that idea that you had. Now, now come up with another idea and, and let's roll for that. I think at this point, I would then have to go find the daimyo's missing son. Okay. How would you approach that, do you think? That's what I don't know, right? So other than just like another investigation to see if I can see like footprints leading away from the battle or horse prints leading away or just blindly setting out back towards the direction of the Tanahisu don't know how I would go about doing that because I don't personally think I'm equipped for that as as a general. Let's see what else you have. Benefit number of Ashigaru. So I'll tell you what. Here's what here's what happens. You're you're set on that path. You're gonna. Let, let, you, why don't you suggest that they camp here for the night and you're gonna assign your Ashigaru to make a thorough survey of the entire area. Like you're gonna give him literally a coil of fifty foot rope. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna hammer. You know, a, a stake in the ground. You're going to hand say, him the rope. Make a circle around the stake. Yeah. 
and you're going to tell him to 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 let out every time he he crosses the moon for, you know when the when the rope when the stake and the moon make a straight line he is to to walk out two arm spans on the rope and keep circling so he's going to make a big spiral okay and he's going to search 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 until dusk so you guys make an early camp there's still sun but that lets your ashigaru circle 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 yep so the Ashigaru circles, 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 and you're watching him patiently, expecting him to find stuff. And in fact, you're probably happy. You probably know this Ashigaru, and you're, he's probably – you're delegating this to him, and he's probably learning a valuable lesson. What's his name? Tell me a little bit more about this Ashigaru. Just real quick. We're trying to, we're trying to finish up. Let's call him Genji, and he became an Ashigaru when – his father died in the army, and he was chosen to replace his father in the army because no one ever dies. Okay. And you probably knew his father. Yeah. So you're watching Genji become, you know, the equivalent of a, of a non-commissioned officer. So yep. all the officers would be samurai. He would be one of the senior Ashigaru. That's that's your eventual goal for him as you develop Genji. The other samurai, the the uh, Moriyasu samurai, are totally confused by this, and totally confused by watching this guy, you know, walk around the stake with the, keeping the rope taut, and then going out two arm lengths, and then he makes another circle, and he goes out two arm lengths, and this keeps up for not hours, but probably about an hour. And he is just about all the way out at the end of the rope when suddenly he's waving his fan at you. He's holding his fan in the air. He's too far away to yell, and yelling would be unseemly anyway. And he starts waving his fan, indicating that he's found something. You walk up to him, and what has he found? He has found the corpse of the Damio's son. Ooh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think you were going to kill poor Saito. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> All right. Saito's been killed. How was he killed? I can tell you, Mike. We, we, you, you can have me okay. tell us this stuff, too. I'm throwing a lot at you, but this this is kind of the point in the system is that John Wick emphasizes asking your players. Now, yeah. I think we'd benefit from a larger table where yeah. I could give you a chance to ruminate on an idea, and yeah. I could ask someone else and then ask someone else, and we're constantly going, and we're going in different directions, and everyone has this competing story. Saito was killed by a bunch of arrows. He wasn't killed by a katana. In fact, now that you found Saito, you found a whole bunch of other guys piled up. And it's really strange because you walk back to where you had looked at the, the sign of the scuffle. And you had been particularly looking for drag marks and footprints, and there was none of that. There was none of that. And now you find Saito, and as you look around Saito, you find a bunch of other – you find the actual samurai and Ashigaru, the actual combatants yep. who have been killed. And no footprints, no drag marks. How did they get from one place to the other? That's what you're trying to figure out. Now, I want you to go ahead and make your cunning risk to survey this scene. Twelve. Okay. So – Add to that. You found all the combatants, including Saito. Saito was the first one you found. There's no drag marks. Add one thing that's true to the scene. I am so bad at this. Um, you want some suggestions? Yeah. I feel bad saying it, but I also think you want to finish the game. And I think you're getting. Fr are you getting frustrated? A little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you could find a Moriyasu dagger. You could find – this could be the work of ninjas. Maybe ninjas killed these guys and then picked up the corpses and then carefully walking only on patches of grass and not on dirt so as to never leave footprints. They walked the bodies over here and dumped them really far away from the road. So I was find a shuriken. Maybe you find. I was thinking something like that, but I don't know. Every time I think of something like this, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm 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 eclipsing the game. I I don't know. There is no game. I know it doesn't feel natural. It it feels weird. But but yeah, let's let's say that. Let's say I find the evidence that makes it obvious that this was a Mariasu plot. You show? Do you show that to – you find this. Right now, it's you and your Ashigaru with a bunch of Moriyasu samurai and the Moriyasu Hatamoto looking on. They heavily outnumber you. This is a very dramatic situation, actually. No, I hide the shit out of that evidence. <laughs> <laughs> pardon, pardon my French. That, that goes along with the keeping secrets part of, of my character. So, so I immediately remove any evidence that would clue me in that they're, that they're uh, complicit with, with this assassination. But dramatic tension. All these samurai just saw you and your, and your Ashigaru uncover these bodies. Looks like we got a bandit problem. (laughs) That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And in fact, I want you to make me, let's see here. Oh, is it cunning? I want you to make me a cunning roll. So is that my straight two or do I still get my plus one for the ability? It's your straight two, but uh, even though I don't have all his invokes and compels laid out, you know Tokikata so well from your previous bandit fights mm-hmm. that I'm going to let you get two bonus die because of how well you know him. So what about my aspect of if my dog knew my plans? Your clan is incredibly good at discovering and keeping secrets. Gain three dice for any risk obtaining or keeping secrets. Ooh, you're keeping the secret that you know. That works too. I'll give you one or the other. You can't have both. So I'll do I'll do the total of five because that'll be two plus three. Okay. Any wagers? No. <laughs> I have got to keep this secret, so I'm rolling all five, and it's a twenty. <laughs> you should have made some wagers. I should have, but you know what? They all believe me. Secret. They all believe me completely, and they nod in agreement. Okay. So you pocket, is it a dagger or is it a shuriken? What's the evidence that you find that's, that's the Moriasu? Uh, let's call it a dagger. Yeah. Okay. So when I'm, we're saying dagger, we probably mean Tonto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you pocket this Tonto with, with the Moriasu maker's mark. Um, you pocket it. It wasn't intended to be left in this corpse. Um, this, you know, some Moriasu attacker probably pulled his Tonto in desperation and stabbed someone, you know, in, in the lower extremity or something like that. And then in the craziness of combat, forgot that he left it in the body and then couldn't find it later because it was hidden under the armor, yada, 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 yada. But you uncovered it. So you call the Moriasu guys over and you've succeeded on your cunning role to keep the secret. And you're like, looks like we've got a bandit problem. And Takekita, or sorry, Tokikata completely buys it hook line and sinker because he's he's done this this bandit fighting with you before now the last question that i want you to discover before we'll, we'll we'll say this game has a satisfying end why 
are the Moriyasu trying to ambush the uh, Tanahisa and stop them from getting to court? Or was that the point? Was the point to kill the daimyo's son? So you find yourself back at the Moriyasu castle. Um, another runner was sent after the first runner to say, oh no, we found Saito's corpse. So you did that. You're back at the, at the Moriyasu castle. What do you do to ferret out what Moriyasu were behind this? And why they attacked this group of this delegation? I don't think I'd need to, right? So now that I have this secret that the Moriyasu assassinated the Tanahisha's son, I can take that back to my daimyo, share that secret with him, and then we can begin to plot with the Tanahisu Tanahisa to get their revenge of the Moriyasu and invade the Moriyasu lands. Ooh, so you have you have the smoking gun dagger. <laughs> And yep. you're going to wait until – you're going to now bide your time throughout all of court. Yep. Sweet. And then you're going to show up to Tanahisa and be like, hey. Guess who killed your boy? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you have your answer for who you're going to war with. Yep. Mike, we just finished our first game of Blood and Honor. Yay? Yay? I, I don't – yeah, I don't know if I'm crazy about it. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this whole I get to make the story. Because I feel like, well, everything I do is just going to be, you know, the obvious thing to get me to the end of the story. But then that's kind of the the deal, I guess. Otherwise, it would just drag out forever, right? Yeah, it is the mechanic. The mechanic is you get privilege. And privilege means you get to say what happens. And that flies <laughs> in the face of, I mean. I everything could, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, rolling for privilege to say whatever you want is very different than every other RPG we've ever played. I think this is a game that like three or four GMs should sit down to play. Oh, that could be crazy. That could yeah. be crazy. With the right crew, it's crazy. With the right mindset, it's crazy. Here, question for you. Yeah. Now that you know how this goes... Do you think you could be in a mindset to play this? Like maybe I could lay out what's happening, sort of what's happening. I knew that one of the delegations wasn't going to make it there. That's what I knew walking in. Okay. Yep. And that was going to be an interesting thing that you could investigate or not. If you chose not to investigate that, I had some other hooks I was going to throw at you throughout winter court, but I was going to give you this tactical thing to go after. So all I knew was one of the delegations weren't going to make it. And then if you didn't care about that, then someone was going to mysteriously wind up dead. And then if you didn't care about that, then some other stuff was going to happen. I was going to keep making stuff happen until you engaged. You engaged. We, we developed the story together. Now that you know that, do you, would you care to play this again in a different mindset or with a different level of preparation or thought? It might be worthwhile making one more shot with additional people at the table. Cause yeah, I, I think it was super challenging having to do this on my own. And, and now that I know that I won't quote unquote ruin the game by just making the assertions I want to make, I think it'll make a little more sense with people and, and the other people will guide the story in the direction they want to go. So there's not as much risk on me just blowing the whole thing up. And to be fair, I totally ambushed you, you know, a couple of hours ago. Yep. To to play this game. 
because for those of you at home, even though you're listening to these episodes a week apart, we recorded both of these on the same night, the character creation and the the adventure. So just a few hours ago, you had no idea you were going to play today. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. So on top of playing, you you half played, half GM'd because you had to say what was true when you won a wager. Or sorry, when you won a risk, whether you made wagers or not. Or not, yep. So now I don't, I don't remember playing L5R this way, right? I don't remember making as many assertions. You didn't. I didn't no, think L- so. No, L5R was much more like traditional role play. D&D. Yeah, okay. like, like D&D, where I have defined the plot, and you were rolling to uncover my plot. Gotcha. Whereas in this, the, these mechanics are much more about writing a story together collaborating on a story where none of us know where this is going to wind up. I didn't know the Moriyasu were behind it. I didn't know if the Daimyo was killing his own. Like, maybe he was killing his own son. Like, anything could have happened. My mind is thoroughly blown. All right. I said I would, I said I would mention something. Yep. And I, I'm going to cover – I wanted to cover this last. Here's two more reasons why I have issues with the text of Blood and Honor as written. Um we are in a time, Mike, when dog whistles, frankly, both real and imagined. There are certainly real dog whistles. Yep. And then I think there are times when there are things that are not dog whistles that become are so as or, or are perceived dog as dog whistles. But they yep. are perceived that way because real dog whistles certainly exist. Yes. I think this one's inadvertent. But the title of the game, Blood and Honor, I didn't realize until I did some Googling. That was evidently the slogan for the Hitler Youth. Yeah, I was thinking about that when I first saw it. I didn't want to say that, but now that you've drawn it out, yeah, it was totally the slogan of the Hitler Youth, which is kind of weird. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm looking it up. Um, the German is Blut und Unre, the, mod- yep. the motto of the Hitler Youth. Yep. So there's that. Um, I don't think John Wick did that on purpose. I, I certainly wouldn't ascribe that to him. I wouldn't ascribe that to someone who seems to – I mean, he, he really talks at length about Eastern heroes versus Western heroes and under, you know, trying to understand this other culture and your gameplay. He talks a lot about stuff like that even in this game. Yeah. So I wouldn't ascribe that to him on purpose, but you know, I would certainly rename the game if I were him. Um, yeah. but that's not a cool thing to name your game after, even accidentally. Doesn't it suck when like – like the the swastika used to mean this cool thing about the four elements coming together, and now it totally doesn't. If I could have that little handlebar mustache, not handlebar mustache, but if I could have that little that little cliff mustache, I totally would have one. But I can never wear a mustache like that. Yeah, he, Hitler has ruined. <laughs> yeah, so many things. The, those those things. So many things. Now, having said that, those things should stay ruined. Yes. Um. But so so there's the name blood and honor. And then there's the whole thing about, all right, so Mike, the E-word that I was alluding to, I'm still not going to say it because of what John Wick says about it. Um, It's a word that's used freely in L5R to describe the lowest class of people that actually touch dead bodies and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, The L5R text uses it freely. John Wick says in his text that that word today in Japan, because of the negative connotations from the past – is just as offensive as the N-word. However, in the text of the game, he didn't say N-word. He he typed out the full word. 
Wow. That full word appeared in the text. I, I'm just – I bought – I like the PDF so much, mm. Mike, that I bought a physical copy of the book to read it cover to cover because I just referenced sections of the PDF. Yeah. And it never occurred to me to control F for that word and the and, and, and the PDF before I bought the physical book. So I bought the physical book for myself. Yeah. It yeah, was my yeah. it was my Christmas present to myself. I'm gonna buy <laughs> this 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 um, print on demand copy of this book and it arrived and I'm happily reading it cover to cover. Reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it. And I'm starting to have inklings of, ooh, the mechanics of this is going to be really hard to reference. And then I got to that word and I was like, what the hell? Now, having said that, Mike, I think he's trying to inform us, the audience, not to use the E-word. Gotcha. But that message could have landed just as hard yeah. if he had written N-W-O-R-D yeah. instead of writing out the full word. Hmm. So that's annoying. That's that is annoying. annoying. So there, and, and there's, yeah, yeah. there's no there, there, reason. There's no reason to write it yeah. out. There's some in, odd choices that seem, in hindsight, again, you know, we're we're judging from hindsight. It, to us, they seem like obvious choices. Maybe they weren't as obvious to to John Wick. I mean, the game was made and written in 2010, released in 2010. That that's nine, not a long time ago. No, nine years ago, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have written <laughs> no. it out. I would have said. No, in, I would have said ever. in dash word. Yeah, actually, I would have even said that. I would have said, "Hey." This word that I used in previous games, you know, I'm, I being John Wick, is actually not a cool word. It yeah, is. It is. Use it. it is extremely bad in Japan today. I regret using it before. Don't use it now. He could have just said that, and that would have been it. Yeah. I, I really sense some bravado coming off of the text. I really think he got to that word, paused, and was like, "Yeah." I'm going to make a point that this is just a word. And I'm, I'm going to say the N-word. And I'm going to say the word. And I don't think <laughs> that was a wise choice. Mm. I think it could have had all the impact without having to say the word. Why Why court, um, what's the word I'm looking for, controversy in the text of your tabletop RPG that you want lots and lots of people to play, that you want to be really accessible to lots of people so that you find a wide audience? Anyway. All right, I think I've said enough about the game. So now that we've played it at least once, Mike, the mechanics, like imagine leveling up in the system. And you and there's the whole season action thing, which we're not going into. There's the whole war thing, which we're not going into. There's a lot of more complicated stuff to do in the system. I can't imagine playing more than like two or three sessions in the same world. I can't imagine leveling a character up with 180 age points. Yeah, that's a good point. Like to me a session of this a, a perfect campaign of this is like two or three sessions. I'd say that's pretty accurate. And I mean if you think about it too, right, the the decisions you're making as a character to move the game forward, right? So those truths you tell, keeping those truths consistent with your motivation as a character, that's got to be mind-boggling, right? How do you how do you even begin to fathom keeping up with all that? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you you have to have like a shared spreadsheet that you can both reference so you can go back and forth. Yeah. And, and I, if you're going to have four or five people in that, that's 
Whew. Even then, in a shared spreadsheet, that's 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 difficult. And now imagine on on the fly, me having to track all of your aspects and tag the right ones. Like you were basically the actor in this. I didn't have any NPC that was trying to act against you, but if I had that, I've got to be referencing your sheets to look at your aspects to look at your compels. Yep. So that I can hit you with compels. And hit you with, you know, lay temporary tags on you and start a rumor about you, which lays a tag on you that I can that I can then compel. There's just a it, it's so it that I have the issue with this that I have with the birthplace of aspects, which is fate. The fate system is so damn mechanical. Yeah. There's so much referencing, 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 and it's aggravating to me. It it, it doesn't make you as free to play. I could see that. But, I could see that. But what a different system! What an entirely different system! Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. Like I, I don't feel like I've played regular RPG. Right? I can't say that. Oh, I played D and D tonight because I absolutely did not play D and D or insert generic D twenty system here. Right? I did something tonight that I've never really done before, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Was it kind of exhilarating? Eh. A little bit. <laughs> I, I think I think I had more fun making my character and having that conversation with you and me figuring out who my character was than I did actually in the game. I definitely felt some real frustration in the game. Again, I think that might have been just because it was just you and me. But, but yeah, I definitely had some frustration in this. I I had a good time, but I don't know if I genuinely say I had fun. Yeah. Again, it's like an improv exercise. Yeah. yeah. Improv only works. Let's talk about whose line is it anyway. When Wayne and Colin and I forget what's the really tall guy's name? The guy that was in the Drew Carey show. Super, super tall guy. Oh, uh, uh, Ryan Styles. Ryan. When Wayne and Colin and Ryan are working together, you know, and, and whoever their guest is for that week, each one of them has to have a really strong point of view and they have to bring something to the story. Yep. And that's the way improv works is with their creative genius. And if you're not prepared for that or if you don't know that's okay, it's really tough. And it's really yeah. tough. I think you felt as awkward as I would feel if the Who's Line guys dragged me out of the audience and made me improv it's with like, them. Hey, do this bit with us. Like, whoa, yeah. hang on. I feel super awkward. I'm not prepared for this at all. I don't have any points of view. I don't even know what we're doing. There's right. an audience here. Are they laughing at me versus with me? Like, I feel incredibly no. awkward. <laughs> I think all those same insecurities is what you had, is what you dealt with the entire time, right? I think that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah. So this type of game is an art form where you need artists like Wayne and Colin and Ryan to elevate it, to make it into a, into a great session, I think. I'd agree with that. Okay. Well, I think we've mined blood and honor for all that we can. I don't, I'm, I, you know, now that we've played it once, I feel pretty good about it. Maybe months from now I'll play it with, with the rest of the group. But I think for now I've used the spreadsheet that I spent, Mike, I spent probably, God, I spent 20, 30, 40 hours on that spreadsheet. I can tell you spent a lot of time. There's like 50 plus V lookups in this thing. Yeah, man. Which and, I got to say, I like index match better, but you do you. Yep. And I had to transcribe all the stuff out of the book and I had to make it all look pretty. And I had to, yeah, there's a, I had to do all the data validation to get all the drop downs. There's a ton of work there. I did yep. about 20, 30, 40 hours of work for us to play, you know, a couple hour session. 
That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The game needs the game needs a lot of help. How do I see hidden tabs on? Oh, okay, there we go. Oh wait, I don't see any hidden tabs. Where are your uh where are your references? There's a ton. Go to view. Yeah. And then go to hidden sheets. Ah. Uh, and there they all are. See. Okay. Wow, yeah, look at that. Ten. Oof. Yep. All right. Let's cut it there. Yep. So those of you at home, thank you for listening. Uh, we are not endorsing Blood and Honor, but we certainly are endorsing trying games that are outside your comfort zone. And uh, we tried this specifically because I knew that I would have strong positive and negative things to say, and it, it felt like something that was worth exploring because it makes me uncomfortable. And it made Mike uncomfortable for different reasons uh, since he didn't read the book. Nor would I ask him to, and uh, it was. It, I think it was a worthy conversation. So honestly, uh, thank you for listening, and have a good week. People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them lessons learned, and we're sharing ours with you. <laughs>